Well, good morning and welcome back. Behind the scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio and Rory Lewandowski, our guest in studio today, as always talking agriculture with us uh, from the Wayne County Extension Office or the OSU Extension Office, I should say, here in Wayne County. Rory, as always, good morning. Happy to have you in with us today. Great to be here. Thanks, Ron. Well, we're going to be talking today about mastitis management tips. And uh, mastitis is something every dairy farm deals with and has to manage. And so on today's program with Rory, we will talk about mastitis and some management tips for that. So to begin with, Rory, can you define what we mean when we say mastitis and some of the common causes of that? Yeah. Uh, Ron, mastitis is really a big topic, and there's been volumes written about this and, and the research that's been done to understand and manage mastitis. So uh, we have a limited and focused uh, time to discuss this today. So mastitis is defined as an inflammation of the mammary gland. It's caused by bacterial infection or possibly some type of trauma or injury to the udder. So for the purpose of our discussion today, we're going to approach mastitis management as mastitis caused by bacterial infection. And within this definition, we're going to categorize mastitis as either being contagious or environmental. Okay, Rory, a couple of questions. Explain what is meant by contagious versus environmental. Also, can you talk about some of the bacteria that cause mastitis? And finally, are some forms of bacteria maybe more prevalent than others? Sure. So contagious bacteria are those type that are transmitted from cow to cow during the milking process. Uh, the source of those bacteria are, are the udders of infected cows, and then they, they move across udders at, depending on our milking procedure. Environmental mastitis, on the other hand, is a result of bacteria that are present out in the cow the cow's environment. Uh, so, for example, uh, that would be bacteria that could be found in bedding material, manure, uh, out in the free stalls, uh, in their water, out in the pastures. So, therefore, infection obviously can occur uh, both at milking and between milkings because it's in their environment. Uh, quoting from a University of Kentucky extension publication by one of their extension veterinarians, uh, Michelle Arnold, uh, she says that historically, Staph A and Strep A uh, are both considered contagious organisms, and they were the most common causes of mastitis, responsible for about 90% of infections. However, within about the last 10 years or so, the predominant mastitis problems are now due to environmental bacteria. Rory, are there different levels of mastitis infection? And if so, you know, when does mastitis become a real concern? And on top of that, you know, when is treatment to be considered? Right. And that's, that's a good point. Uh, there definitely are levels of infection. So mastitis is typically going to be defined as either clinical or subclinical. Uh, so clinical, when we actually see those symptoms, uh, subclinical, maybe when we're detecting uh, without any visual symptoms, but uh, we can tell if we're looking at somatic cell count. Uh, so today, again, we're going to discuss clinical mastitis, uh, and again, defined as mastitis in which an abnormality of the udder or the milk is, is observed. Uh, in other words, again, those symptoms are present. Uh, clinical mastitis then is categorized as either being mild, moderate, or severe. So treatment then generally is considered once symptoms are visible. Uh, although treatment can vary depending upon whether the infection is caused by contagious or environmental bacteria. Roy Lewandowski, our guest again from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County, talking mastitis management tips today. And Rory, 
How important is it to distinguish between, you know, contagious and environmental bacteria? How does the treatment then differ between the two types of mastitis? Uh, and also, does the level or category of infection matter when you're talking about treatment? Right. Uh, well, it really is important. Uh, it's important because the to be able to distinguish because the approach to treatment does differ. Uh, to quote again that University of Kentucky Extension veterinarian Michelle Arnold, uh, she says, most drug therapies were targeted to kill the contagious bacterial organisms. So currently, though, the most commonly cultured organisms from mastitis milk include environmental bacteria. Uh, these bacteria require different antibiotic therapy than contagious bacteria. And then according to an article in a November 2018 Dairy Herd Management article with uh, Linda Tykowski, a dairy veterinarian with Bowringer Ingelheim, culturing to determine what kind of bacteria is causing the infection is very important because some of the gram-negative bacteria only cause short-term infections that are often self-cured by cows. And so if they're self-curing, then treatment's not going to be needed. So we have to be able to make that distinction. Uh, Dr. Tyfalski says that treating these cases with extended intramammary drug therapy, it's not prudent and it's not judicious use of antimicrobial drugs because the bacteria causing the infection are eliminated early in the treatment process. And again, that's, that's most common with those environmental bacteria. So again, we need to be able to distinguish between those types. Rory, how does a dairy producer determine what bacteria uh, is causing mastitis infection in his herd. You know, the term uh, cultured was used a couple of times as you talked. Uh, what's involved in getting a culture sample? Yeah, uh, mastitis-causing bacteria are going to change on a farm over time as a result of your management practices and your treatment protocols. So routine culturing of milk is really required to identify specific mastitis-causing bacteria and then to enable you as a farm to implement control strategies that are targeted at them. So again, every farm may be a little different. Uh, there is a fact sheet from the University of Kentucky that's entitled Techniques of On-Farm Culturing, and that says that culturing can reduce antibody, antibiotic usage by 50%. So knowing which cows have treatable mastitis and which do not allow the farmer or the farm manager then to make better treatment decisions. Uh, they can then use antibiotics more judiciously. Uh, they may be able to reduce discarded milk as well. So there's certainly some economic incentive here. Uh, I'd certainly be glad to provide this fact sheet to any listener that would like a copy. Uh, and dairy farmers can also work with their veterinarian to design a, a culturing protocol that allows them to sample on a regular basis. You know, what are mastitis treatment strategies, specifically, if you could explain those, Rory? And, you know, from what we've discussed up to now, it appears that reliance upon antibiotic drugs can't be the only option. I'm guessing that prevention management, uh, like most things, also needs to be part of the strategy. That's correct, Ron. Uh, mastitis control involves a number of steps and management practices. Uh, they have to focus on both prevention and then effective treatment as well as culling of those chronically infected cows. And again, part of that is knowing uh, what type of, of bacteria you have out there. So an important management strategy outside of the milking parlor is to keep stalls and alleyways clean. If we talk about environmental bacteria being a, an important source of mastitis, then we, we go out there and, and work in their environment. Uh, the University of Wisconsin Extension Dairy Team has an udder hygiene scoring chart. It uses photos to help milkers score udders from a 1 to a 4, where 1 means that that udder is free from any dirt and manure, and 4 means it's covered or caked with dirt and manure. 
on greater than 30% of the surface area. Now, the significance of that is that others that score three and four have an increased risk of mastitis, and, and that, again, is coming from their environment. So a better job of keeping the cow's environment outside of the milking parlor is needed. Uh, I can certainly, again, provide this chart to any of our interested uh, listeners out there. You know, the other part of management practices, uh, you, know, the, you must include inside the parlor. What are parlor management practices, Rory, that can also, you know, either help to reduce or manage mastitis? Yeah, and that's a good point. So it, it is that, that multi-pronged approach that so we work in the environment. But then, again, for those mastitis organisms that can get spread easily through milking, we have to work in the parlor. So I'm going to use another University of Kentucky Extension publication uh, along with a publication from the National Mastitis Council to answer this question. Uh, those publications say that an important point is to milk clean, dry teats. Uh, so that means we need to you really look at our use of water in the, in the parlor. So using water as a routine practice to clean teats and udders goes back to my previous comments about starting with clean udders. Uh, almost always, the use of water to routinely clean teats is going to result in increased mastitis and higher bacteria bacterial levels in the milk. It's a, a great source for spreading that around. So put into practice a standardized milking routine, and that should involve milkers wearing gloves. Uh, they should do four stripping uh, the cows with typically recommended three to four good squirts out of each teat, uh, following that up with a good pre-dip procedure that covers 75% of the teat and stays on for 30 seconds and is then wiped off. You then attach the milking unit to 90 to 120 seconds after that first contact with the other in teats. Now after removing the milking unit, then immediately use a post teat dip that covers 75% of the teat again and remains on for at least 30 seconds. Finally, uh, another management tip here, watch and score the teat ends for a degree of callus ring formation. Uh, that can be especially critical this time of the year. University of Wisconsin Extension uh, has a great publication. It's a teat scoring chart uh, that can be used. The goal on that chart is, to, is less than 20% of the teats are scored with a very rough callus ring. And again, uh, I can provide that chart to any interested listeners out there. Now, Rory, where can someone get more information about mastitis and about mastitis management practices? How can they get a hold of you or somebody else? Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. Uh, remember, these programs are available, again, courtesy of WQKT Radio as podcasts and iTunes and Stitcher podcast app. And I'll mention we also have a new uh, mastitis uh, prevention specialist uh, started at OARDC. So we have some resources that we can hook people up with as well. Good stuff as always. Rory Levandusky, our guest in studio from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County. Rory, thanks again for coming in. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Great. Thanks, Ron.